Welcome to Sealing God's People with your host, Dennis Beard. We've been talking about perfection and have been for years, and most still do not believe that we, as the body of Christ, must be, must be presented blameless at the coming of the Lord, both spirit, soul, and body. The bride hath made herself ready. We all are to come to the measure of the statue of Jesus Christ, and that was what the Lord predetermined in his foreknowledge before the foundation of the world. Now we see that in the whole work of God, in the work of the ministry, to bring many sons unto glory. We see the mystery of God's will in Ephesians 1. God's will from the beginning of the foundation of the world has been to gather all things together in one in Christ Jesus. Jesus praying in the days of his flesh to the Father, John 17, is praying according to the will of God. He is working salvation in and of himself, in his own spirit being the Father, but separated in the days of his flesh from the body of flesh and blood. And therefore, he's showing us made under the law how to keep that law through the eternal spirit of God, perfecting the flesh, perfecting Jesus Christ uh, through the things which he suffered, making the captain of our salvation perfect through sufferings. Then we're told to do the same thing. <clears throat> First Peter 4, 1. For as much then as Christ has suffered for us in the flesh, be therefore likewise minded, arm yourself with the same mind, for he that has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. There will be an end of sins and transgressions. And it will restore again the street and the walls in Jerusalem, even in troublous times. That's the restoration of all things. All things is all truth. As we know that faith is the substance of things, hope for the evidence of things not seen. Well, the things are the things of faith. And that is the revelation of Jesus Christ that we must go into all truth in all things. We see in Ephesians 4 that we are to grow up into Jesus in all things. That's a progressive growth. We don't start there and just automatically come from a newborn babe to full maturity as fathers. It's a growth process. We start out as newborn babes desire then sincere muck of the word to make grow thereby. And then we go to little children. And the little children, because we've known the Father. Then we go to young men. That's the Christ in you. The word of God is strong in us, and you've overcome the wicked one. <clears throat> it's still a higher glory. That's perfection. A full-grown man, that man caught up to God and to his throne, the man-child of Revelation 12, that grows into a full man. Notice the second time it mentions the man-child. It was not in the original manuscript as a man-child, but a man. Child, you'll see in your King James Bible, is in italics. We're full-grown. And at that point, 
that is, fulfilling the will of God, for whom he did foreknow, them he did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. That's the will of God. Jesus stated the same there in John 17. Father, make them one, as we are one. As I am in you, and you in me, make them perfect in one that where I am, there they may be also, and see my glory. So Jesus, being elevated there to the throne of God, there states, I prepared a place for you, and to him that overcometh, Revelation 3.21, will I grant to sit with me in my throne. That is, as the glorified man, Christ Jesus, prepared a place for us. Now, he's always been God. And it will go on and state that same truth in Revelation 3.21. Even as I overcame, Jesus said, and am set, S-E-T, a forever settled state of glory, down with my Father in his throne. Not beside it, not around it, in it, all power in heaven and earth given unto Jesus. Matthew 28, 18. Now, Jesus prayed that prayer there in the Garden of Gethsemane. Father, glorify thou me with thine own self, with the glory I had with you before the world was. He made himself of no reputation before the world was. In the foreknowledge of God, knowing that that lamb was slain from the foundation of the world in the purpose and will of God restoring and revealing his power, revealing his love, and we perceive it. We perceive the love of God in 1 John 3.16. Hereby perceive we the love of God because he, God himself, laid down his life for us. Therefore, we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. And that coming unto perfection, bringing many sons unto glory, is how the Lord came into the world, died, buried, rose again to bring many sons unto glory in by him and through Christ Jesus alone to the Father. Jesus brings us to the Father because he is the Father. He's the Father manifest in flesh. God manifest in the flesh that you see in 1 Timothy 3.16. Now, do we have to come unto perfection? Matthew 5, 6, and 7, in the Constitution of the Kingdom of Heaven, Jesus states, Be you therefore perfect, even as your Father in Heaven is perfect. That's a commandment. It's not a suggestion. And we also see in the predestination of God, according to his foreknowledge, that whom he foreknow, them he did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. And them uh, that he predestined, those that were predestined, those he called, them that he called, he justified, them that he justified, them he also glorified, see the progression, to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. So we have that calling, uh, of that high calling of God in Christ Jesus upon us. Each one 
individual member in the body of Christ are to do the particular will and purpose of God in each member so that it lifts up Jesus alone. <clears throat> each member must do the will of God or we will not have access into the kingdom of heaven. So he goes on and said that coming to the measure of the statue of Jesus Christ, that we're to grow up into him, not them, him, in all things. That's all truth. Because faith, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, things. Jesus stated that going to the cross. He had walked with his disciples three and a half years <clears throat> and then stated, I have many things to tell you, disciples, but you're not able to bear them now. But when the Comforter is come, the Holy Ghost, he'll speak of me. For all that the Father has given, given unto me, therefore I said he would speak of me. He is the Father of glory. He is the God Almighty. And he will show you things that will come to pass. Jesus is that Spirit. He is that Christ. In his glorification, he went back to the Father. We see that in uh, that he is the Holy Ghost in the scriptures when he was with the disciples. He said, I'll pray the Father to send you another comforter whom the world cannot receive because it saith him not, neither knoweth him. But you know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. I will not leave you orphans. And Jesus did on the day of Pentecost. The promise of the Father. That's Christ. Which Jesus said, you've heard of me. That's Christ, the Spirit. And you will see there's only one Spirit there. Galatians 4, verse 6. God has sent forth the Spirit of his Son. Christ in us, the hope of glory. Into our hearts, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Because there's only one spirit. Spirit of the Son is the Spirit of the Father. Christ is that spirit. And who's a liar but he denied that Jesus is the Christ? He's Antichrist that has denied both the Father, the invisible Spirit of God, and the Son, which is now glorified with the Father's own self, and is that spirit. The Son being made a quickening spirit, the last Adam made a quickening spirit, 1 Corinthians 15.45. <clears throat> well, do we, the body of Christ, have to come unto perfection? Notice in the book of Hebrews, in the sixth chapter, Paul, writing to us, said now, let's go on to perfection. That we are to grow up into Jesus in all things in all truth, so that we're not tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine, and certainly in the last days, evil men and seducers will wax worse and worse, and they'll call good evil and evil good, and we, the body of Christ, must come unto the measure of the statue of Jesus Christ and be sealed. In other if we do not, otherwise we will be deceived, even the very elect. We're warned of that in Matthew 24, Mark 13, and Luke 21. 
In Hebrews 6, Paul warns us, Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection. Well, many say, well, you can't be perfect. It's not for us to reach that measure of the statute because we're in flesh and we just can't do it. But yet Jesus said, be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect, said that in the Constitution of the Kingdom of Heaven in Matthew 5. Paul states the same thing here. There, he didn't say forget them, but leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on to what? Unto perfection, full maturity, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Jesus Christ, to the image of Jesus Christ, which we're all called for. And he says, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God, of the doctrine of baptism and of laying on of hand and of the resurrection of the dead and of eternal judgment. And this will we do if God permit. To go on to perfection, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, He also states uh, that we have an anchor to the soul, both sure and steadfast. That is, uh, that we and have entered into that within the veil, not through any of our works of righteousness, which we've done, but he goes on and says, whether the forerunner, Jesus Christ, is for us entered, not for himself, for us. He's God. He sat down with the Father in his throne. Revelation 3.21. He is that blessed and only potentate. 1 Timothy 6.15 and 16. Who only hath their mortality. He's dwelling in the light which no man can approach unto, nor see, nor can see. But, He has us setting together in heavenly places in him, in Christ Jesus, as a place prepared for us. Him, the forerunner, is for us entered, just as Ephesians 1 said. When he set him at his own right hand in heavenly places, what he wrought to usward, to us, the body of Christ. Even Jesus made a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek, Now, because he has entered in that priesthood, that we are called as kings and priests also. The captain of our salvation made perfect through suffering. And now we cease from sin being made conformable to Jesus' death. Paul stated that truth. We're troubled on every side, but not in distress. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in our body the dying of the Lord Jesus. Why? That the life of our Lord Jesus may be manifest in our mortal bodies. For we which live, that's all the body of Christ, are delivered unto death. That's to crucify the flesh with the affections and the lust, mortifying the deeds of the flesh. And that's the only way that we can prove what is a good, acceptable, and perfect will of God for each member is. 
not conformed to this world, but transformed by the renewing of our mind by presenting our bodies a living sacrifice because tribulation worketh patience. Well, you want patience, you're going to have tribulation. Patience worketh experience. How are you going to have experience in God to have your senses exercised thereby to discern both good from evil through the trouble you go through and let patience have her perfect work and overcoming by faith, the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. And that faith has been dealt to every man according to the will of God and his purpose that we must do in obedience in order to be pleasing unto God, hearing, well done, thy good and faithful servant, enter thou into the joy of the Lord. Well, we must come unto perfection. He states that also in Hebrews, telling us that he has, God has provided some better thing for us and that if any man draws back, God has no pleasure in him. We see that the ones in faith, Hebrews 11, and everyone has read that, the faith chapter in the Word of God, the Hall of Faith. And we see that women receive their dead, raised to life again. We see that all these, they quench the violence of fire. They escaped the edge of the sword. Out of weakness, they were made strong. They waxed valiant in flight. And by turned the flight, the armies of the aliens, they were valiant in the fight of faith. Women received their dead. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance. Why wouldn't they accept deliverance? Well, it tells us that they might obtain a better resurrection, sealing their testimony with their own blood. And notice there in Hebrews eleven thirty six. Others had trial of cruel mark, mockings and scourgings, beating them. Yea, moreover, of bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawn asunder, were tempted, were slain with a sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented. That's certainly not the prosperity church, is it? Of whom the world was not worthy. These weren't weak in faith. They were strong, fighting a good fight of faith. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. These all having obtained a good report through faith, all of them received not the promise. Why? What promise? Look at verse 40, and it tells us upon whom the end of the worlds have come. God, having provided some better thing for us, the body of Christ, that they, all those that died in faith, having never received the promise, without us, that 
that is, without the body of Christ coming unto perfection, should not be made perfect. In other words, all those that died in the faith, fighting a good fight of faith, not accepting deliverance sometimes unto death, running for themselves a better resurrection. God has provided some better thing for us for when God perfects the whole body of Christ, it will all, those that died in faith having never received the promise, there will be perfected. They without us should not be made perfect. Paul ends the book of Hebrews and tells us that we, the body of Christ, make you perfect in every good work to do his will. What if we don't do the will of God? We don't have access to the kingdom of heaven. Jesus stated that himself in the constitution of the kingdom of heaven, Matthew 5, 6, and 7. Jesus stated there in Matthew 5, be you therefore perfect, even as your father in heaven is perfect. Well, that's not a suggestion. That's a commandment. And uh, Paul said in the same thing here, saying uh, that we are to come unto perfection. And he says, uh, perfect in every good work in order to what? To do his will. Not what our will is, but the will of God. So if anyone in Matthew 7, Jesus stated, not all that say to me, Lord, Lord, will be able to enter the kingdom of heaven, only those that do the will of God. Finding the will of God is the quest for your life and mine. We must find the will of God, hear the voice of God, our individual voice of the Holy Ghost, of the Son of God, and obey it under righteousness, which will yield the peaceable fruits of holiness, being made partakers of his divine nature. And we can only do that by crucifying our flesh with the affections and the lust. Just as Paul stated in Romans 12, and I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Sacrifice your life. Lose your life for the gospel's sake, and the same shall find it. But if you seek to save your life, go for mammon and money on these lying uh, hard harling preachers, then you will lose your life. If you lose your life for the gospel's sake, for the Lord Jesus Christ, you will find it. Crucify your flesh with the affections and the lust. Present your bodies a living sacrifice. Mortify the deeds of your flesh. Don't be conformed to this world. Be you transformed by the renewing of your mind. Find that will of God and do it that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God for each of us is, working out our own salvation with fear and trembling. For it's God that worketh in us, both the will and the do of his good pleasure, not of ours. We must do the will of God, and not all are apostles, not all are prophets, not all are teachers, not all are workers of miracles. And there's governments and health 
God has placed in the body, individual members, as it has pleased him. And there's diversification there. Different ministrations, different ministries, but one body, one spirit, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God who's above all, Father of us all and in us all, that we must do the will of God. If we do not do the will of God in being pleasing unto the Lord by faith, adding to our faith virtue, virtue knowledge, knowledge temperance, temperance patience, patience godliness, godliness brotherly kindness, and finally perfection. The brotherly kindness, charity. Charity is not the love of God, but it is uh, charity, which is the love for God based in doing his will. Love, not in word and in tongue, but in deed and in truth, doing the works that are pleasing to God. And that's the reason why in Revelation, the second and third chapter, written to us, the body of Christ, I know thy works. He's looking for perfect works and the voice of the Lord speaking to bring us into perfection. Paul said for every one of us to make each one of us perfect in every good work to do his will, working in you that which is well-pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. And to do the will of God, we have to work on, work out our own salvation with trembling and fear, knowing that it is God that works in us, both the will and the do of his good pleasure. And those that do not do the will of God, even though they prophesied in his name, and his name has cast out devils, and in his name has done many wonderful works, Jesus will state, depart from me, you that work iniquity, I never knew you. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. That's a state of mistaken identity. That's Laodicea. The church says, I'm increased with goods. I'm clothed, fed, and I have need of nothing. I don't need any more word, Brother Beard, thank you very much, to go on to perfection. I'm a Pentecostal and proud of it. But the Pentecostals now are now going into tabernacleist, a very higher realm of glory. And when God moves in a higher realm of glory, then he moves the other out. For example, in the Pentecostal realm, he takes all the priests in Leviticus 16 and moves them out of the sanctuary. That is in the shadow of things to come, the Pentecostals. That's in the sanctuary. That's in that holy place. That's where we have the table of shewbread, the ministry, lifting up the good word of God. And we also have the two witnesses there, two rows of showbread, shewbread, six in each row. Those are your two witnesses. The word of God shining over against that table of shoe bread, this continual 
face bread, the ones that, that I will raise you up and you will live in my sight. There is the candlestick. The candlestick gives light over against the sanctuary. And there's a half egg of beaten olive oil in each of the 22 knops of bows to feed the seven lamps there to in the Pentecostal realm for us in our prayer, dedication, and consecration in offering our rams at the altar of incense, the ram of dedication that we take. And there's a time and a season that that altar of incense is carried within the veil. We see it in Revelation 8. And during that time, we take the prayers of the saints along with the incense within that veil, and then it's cast out into the earth, the fire of the Holy Ghost that will literally take the whole earth. In this last day, gospel of the kingdom, bring preached unto all the world for witness unto all nations. Now, only the ones that are sealed, not newborn babies, they've grown. Not little children that just simply know he's the father. Those are the ones that call him Lord, Lord in Matthew 7. But they're not able to enter in. They know and they knew that he is the father of glory, the Lord Jehovah God Almighty. However, they did not obey the calling of God in their life. They missed the call, the purpose, the will of God in their life. And consequently, they didn't have a not access into the kingdom of heaven. Yes, they prophesied. Yes, they cast out devils. Yes, they did many wonderful works. But they negated to do the will of God. And that's what Paul is stating here. Make you perfect in every great and good work. Make you perfect in every work that you do to do God's will. That is in the Hebrews 13, verse 21. To do his will, working in you, God working in you, that which is well-pleasing in his sight. Not us, but the grace of God and the effectual working of the Holy Ghost upon our heart and our spirit and its outward reflection in life, doing his will, edifying the body of Christ through whichever joint supplied. It's just that simple. God's bringing his body together now for the last great work of the ministry. If God's dealing with you, call us, contact us. I would like to meet you as we join together in doing this great work for our Lord Jesus Christ, the gospel of the kingdom being preached unto all the world for a witness unto all nations. And then the end will come. In Revelation, the second and the third chapter, the voice of the Lord is speaking now to the body of Christ, that him that hath an ear, let him hear. He's looking for perfect works. I know thy works. He said it in Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamos, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. I know thy works. Most are in the Laodicean church. Saying I'm clothed, fed, have need of nothing. I'm increased with goods. I'm blessed. And God says, knowest thou not your poor, wretched, wretched, naked, and destitute. I counsel of thee to buy me gold, tried in the fire. Everyone he loves, he chastens. What does that mean? 
It means counting the joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Though your faith be tried as by fire, that it can come forth as pure gold. We have to go through the fire. Think it not strange, the fiery trial, which is to try each one of us, as though some strange thing happened to us, but rejoice inasmuch as we are partakers of Christ's suffering and the glory of God resteth upon our heads. We're called not only to believe on Jesus, but also to suffer for his name's sake. You're feeling a call of God in your life, joining up in the body of Christ? Then call me. Let's get together for the work of the ministry. You can write to me, Dennis Beard, Post Office Box 2906, Longview, Texas, zip code 75606. Don't be deceived by these prosperity preachers. It's the cross, always has been a cross, and it will still remain the cross. And if we glory at all, we'll glory in the cross. Coming to the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ, not as newborn babes, little children, young men, but fathers. And he's turning the hearts of the fathers to the children now, and the children to the fathers. If it bears witness to your spirit, give me a call. Contact me. You can do so at dennisbeard.org, sealinggodspeople.org, sealinggodspeople.com. Download our free app for the podcast, Sealing God's People. Or you can also register with me on our private website at jcic.tv. That's where you can ask questions and give your comments. We stream once a week there on jcic.tv at 2 p.m. Central Standard Time. Many instructional videos there in which they're all for your scrutiny or your admonishing. Well, we love to hear from you. Until the next time, God perfect that which is lacking in each one of us, that we all may be presented blameless at the coming of the Lord, both spirit, soul, and body. Until the next time, Brother Dennis Spirit saying, Behold, the real Jesus.